Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. It is me, Zach. I know you've missed me a little bit. The other two, you know, that are currently on, they're not as cool. But um, I actually have someone else who is newer to the podcast uh, with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi guys, it's me, Hunter, again, for the second time here, um, and I, I agree, the other two are, you know, they're not here. We, we, as you told me when we played this game, you are, quote unquote, uh, the future of this podcast, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but no, it'll be myself and Hunter on this episode, we're very excited to get to talk to you guys um, about the game we got to play this week, so... Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the game real quick, and then uh, we'll see you in the first section. So uh, the game that we got to play this week, Hunter, was The Past Within. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really cool digital game we got to play. Uh, it has a little bit of a horror element, uh, but we'll talk more about it when we get into the first section. So Jared, how do they do it? How do they do what, man? Scarlet Envelope every month sends me a new game with a new story and new formatting, but it all works so well. Dude, I know. It's like one month I'm catching a serial killer in the 50s. Right? But then when another one, we had to stop the second Galaxy War. I know. And then the next month, I'm trying to rescue a dragon in the medieval kingdom. It's just crazy that every month they keep sending out a new game that also leads up to like this crazy secret society element. It's, it's a gift. I don't know how they do it. But here's what I do know. If you want to go to scarletenvelope.com and use code PUZZLINGCOMPANY, all one word, you can get $10 off their catch-up bundle, which is a full set of 13 games. Or you could just sign up monthly and journey with it. They're so fun. I'm so excited for the next one. I can't wait. Welcome back. Um, So we are now here in the first section of the show um, where it's basically our review. Um, We're going to talk about our likes for the game as well as our room for improvements. Now, this isn't a section to kind of just dog on the game or anything like that. Uh, It is meant for us to kind of just discuss what we liked, but also, you know, we love the game. So we want them to be improved, um, but kind of give our own take on it. Right. Um, So. Hunter, I actually want you to tell the audience a little bit about this game, kind of give like a like a quick summary of what the game is. So this game is by Rusty Lake Productions, uh, and they've kind of had an upcoming from like flash games of stories about being inside of a box uh, that were kind of loosely tied around a horror. I I, I don't want to call them strictly horror because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say I was scared because of it because I'm a big, brave boy, um, but they are kind of, you know, eerie kind of themed. Uh, but this is their... First, I believe their their first game where it's like a full experience like that. I think it is. They have a few other ones I've seen, but yeah, I, like you said, they're more like uh, I'm gonna call them flash game style. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really cool introduction to get to play their games. I've honestly not played their other ones, so I was really excited to get to play this. But I've heard a lot of good things about their games in general, and it seems they have a really good audience from the reviews I've seen of their product or all their products they've made. Um, but yeah, we had a really good time, honestly, playing this. So I'm really excited to get to talk about the things we liked. Uh, so I actually will jump us into it. Um, 
So one of the things I actually really enjoyed about this, and I know Hunter did as well, was actually, uh, I'm going to call it the no internet needed part of this game. Uh, most traditional multiplayer games or co-op games that we've uh, that I've played, you know, um, we have done. So like we were here, stuff like that. It kind of requires you to have internet connection, be able to uh, play across, you know, the, the U.S. or the world or wherever you're located at across the your room. Um, but for this game, there's no internet needed. Uh, you are basically picking your option from the beginning of the game. You both get to pick one of two characters, essentially, uh, the past or the future. And you do a split experience where you have half of the experience on your computer and the other person has the other half. And essentially, you start the game at the same time. Like, the, the menu does a really solid job of going, hey, has your partner picked the other character? Mm -hmm. Yes. Has your other person seen this message? Yes. You know, and you it's like the game almost gets you set up to be on the same page and then... The game, I don't know how you feel about this, Hunter. The game does it so well where you feel like you're playing a multiplayer experience where, like, what you're doing actually affects me. And it does it technically, but it does. Like, it's so cool how they make that work. It's actually really impressive. I, I'm i going to admit, I haven't played a lot of, like, these online co-op games in this puzzle sense. But what I have played have always required an internet connection. So to see this connection still made without internet is just really really impressive to be successfully done because you could say or you could see while you're playing the game that the uh well without going into detail but like i would do something and then something in the room starts fogging up and then his room at the same time whenever he solved the thing his room starts fogging up so it's like yeah. the, the the same events are like happening like together but like we're not even connect that's just incredible. I think that should be yeah. used more in, in these types of games. I think it's a lot more efficient rather than relying on the internet. I think it's kind of like a um, like a purposeful handicap to make the mm. game more, I don't know, unique in its, uh, you know, dynamic. Yeah. No, I agree. It's It did it really well. Um, it was very enjoyable to get to experience it. Um, but also, like I said, there's just the fun element that you just don't have to worry about, like, the, the internet issues you do run into sometimes. Like, we've had some times where we played games, like Jared and I, where we kind of ran into some frustrations with, like, you know, a little bit of internet, like, sun comes out that we have to wait on the other person, or the game kind of, like, awkwardly freaks out because you're waiting on the internet to respond. Um, so it was very cool to get this experience. Like, I've had a lot of these experiences in the at-home space, and I'm we'll talk about that more later on in the show. Um but it was really interesting to see such a dynamic that I've seen in a different medium done so well on digital that I have not seen before. Um, so it was, it was a really fun time. Um, Hunter, I actually want you to talk a little bit about the puzzle design and the practicality because I know it's something that you really liked about this experience. So this one, again, is very unique in how it's set up. Uh, but one of the things we loved is that there is essentially two forms of playing the room, yep. essentially like that. It's, it's really hard to describe without spoiling it. Yeah. Um, but basically, there are two chapters of the game, uh, and one chapter has uh, player A playing in a certain way, and then the other chapter has player uh, A playing in the other way. And then yeah. it just, like, reverses, so both players get the same experience in yes. that. Um, actually, I will say this because uh, of their previous games. Um, the player B segment... One of one of the ways you can play is just standing in a room and like moving around and messing with stuff. Yes, that's how their old games were messed, or that's how their old games were set up, and this is how this one is set up. 
And I think they kind of perfected it in this one because I've played those previous games and I okay. think those were a little clunkier in comparison. Not okay. like not like bad, but like it's more so they perfected it in this one. Okay. And then the other version is kind of you have an object or something in the middle of the room and you kind of drag and click the mm-hmm. um, the mouse around just so you can navigate it, which I really liked. Typically yeah. having 3D objects like that in a 2D game is a really weird looking system, but mm-hmm. I think they really, really did that well. And I also really appreciated how we both got to experience the same manner of puzzles. Because whenever you were talking about what you were seeing, I was over here and I was like, uh, I, I want to see what you're seeing. Like, like I, I, I want to be able to play that stuff too. And then we swapped and I was like, oh, cool. I get to play this stuff too. And now it's like a whole different experience for me. Um, I really appreciated that because I feel like a lot of co-op games, um, not nowadays, well, I suppose nowadays, would not think to do that yeah it's just kind of like you guys are working together you guys got to get out and then once you're out you're out there there's not too much change or there's not too much uh thought to the experience for both players put there and i think this game really hits the nail on that yeah no i it has a really cool element of that you do get to play both sides of the experience in terms of that you stay technically not spoiling too much, but just the basic of the game with the the idea of a past and future. You stay kind of in your timeline, quote unquote, but you just get different perspectives of the puzzle um, early on. And you do get that flip, which is really cool of like the 2D versus 3D elements, which I really liked. I enjoyed the aspect that the puzzles were split and you needed very much the other person's information. You can't guess and check it. It's not like one of those games sometimes. I know I've played one or two before where it's like a co-op game, but you can kind of like infer the other half of the answer or you can kind of guess it. Uh, but this game, you like very clearly needed to have the other person do things. So as an example, one of the things I really liked was the, I'm going to call it the communication code element, where you clearly needed that to be, you needed that so you could send it to the other player so that you could actually get instructions. Like you could not force the puzzle. And even then, like some of it was almost like gated, which is what the other cool part of that gaming in terms of that puzzle design is that the game, even though you're not multiplayer, or like connected online, you're almost gated at every puzzle because you need very specific information to do the next thing that the other player has. Um, And I think they did that really, really well. Yes. Because it never felt like I was just waiting on you to solve something and I was just like, you know, twiddling my thumbs while you solved your half the puzzle. Like at most, there was like five or ten seconds wherever you looked around the room for the next thing to do or I looked around the room for the next thing to do. I really liked the pacing on this, and mm-hmm. I, I, that's not even something we wrote down. That's just an extra thing. I, I don't, I don't, I never got bored. I, I thought we both ha- always had things to do. We were both always working together, um, and it was just simple to see where we should be looking at next. And I never really got lost. Yeah, and I also, in terms of like puzzle design, and just keep going on this point specifically, I liked that every puzzle that we did was kind of unique from each other. Even ones that you repeated, technically, it was a new take on it. So you might have, I don't know, looked at one object the first time, but when you looked at it the second time, like the puzzle changed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really clever, especially with the amount of space you're stuck in, that you got like the whole aesthetic of the room, but you also had these really unique and very detailed puzzles in the 2D and 3D space and how you got to work together with that. I'm kind of jumping to the next point because we're talking about this to a degree. With it being a digital game, I actually uh, really liked the UI system for this experience. And what I mean by that is that in the game, right, you're clicking on certain objects. So there's like the 2D and 3D space version of it. Um, You might have to click on part of the box to solve a puzzle. You might need to put in a code into like this little communication device. You might have to put items into spots on the square. 
Um, but it was really well done in terms of that. It was very clear how you did things. Like you knew where places like things need to be placed. You knew how your inventory system worked. Like for my point of view, because I don't know how Hunter's was for mine. I had to gather in like different items from the past uh, and kind of put them together to make new things or to put them into this, I'm going to call it sacrificial box. Um, but it was very clever in terms of like, oh, like I can put in my inventory system and I can move it around my inventory and I knew how to combine things and I knew how this needed to be placed here and it was really simple and kind of, it like almost signposted you on how to do certain things without being too obvious that you had to still do the puzzle of it. It wasn't just like, Here's an indicator saying this is where you place it, but it make did a good job of explaining how to do it. It was like a very good uh, onboarding experience to the um, UI. If, if that's how I'm gonna put it. How'd you feel about like the UI? It definitely gave us a really clear path, and that is not a bad thing. Like yeah. it sounds like I'm I'm saying it was super easy, and we just like walked through it. Um, but it, it was just, we knew what to do and it felt more like we were living out a story and we were solving puzzles as they were coming. Um, I mean, me personally, I know Zach over here loves puzzle hunts. I'm not crazy about them because I don't like staring at a photo for a really long time and just not understanding it. So for me, this was really refreshing just to be able to see something. I was like, Oh, I know how this puzzle is going to work. You solve the puzzle, you move on to the next puzzle. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good in that sense, and um, it'd be great as well for, like, new players and mm -hmm. new ways of learning how these puzzles work. Um, and the UI was just so easy to use, and it was so well designed, and it looked great. Like, I think the art style for this and the art style for the UI was incredible, and I think the transition between 2D to 3D on different panels of the game was really, really impressive. I did not expect the 3D aspect, and I think that's an awesome thing to add to the table. Especially, It was just fun to play with. It felt mm -hmm. like I was like a little playground where I can click every little box or like a fidget cube or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really, really cool way of adding a 3D element to a 2D game. Yeah. No, I think they nailed it when it came to that element. Um, but overall, we really liked this experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, I very much enjoyed the game and getting to play with you. Um, but talking about what we liked it's time to kind of move on to the what we'd call the room for improvements being very honest with you we really had no big problems with this game uh, but we do have some small things that we want to talk about that i think are important um so i'm gonna kind of charge us into it uh the first thing i want to talk about um is actually uh the hint system so in this experience uh, there's really not a hint system Mind you, being very honest, we did not need hints at all for this experience for hunter and i but um the only they explain to you very clearly in the game that there's really not a hint system. That the way you'd get hints is that you would ask the other person to like clearly show you what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, realistically, for that to happen, you'd either need them to send like a screenshot of their thing because there's no internet provided. You know, you have to send it through like a Discord, which they offer Discord free, their mm -hmm. Rusty Lake Discord, or using your own, which we used our own, um, so on and so forth. Um, but it kind of could stink if you're like actually stuck in the game and you're like a little bit not as tech savvy as I'm going to put it. And there's really not a way for you to find the hints other than just like maybe looking up a guide or um, asking for more help. So, you know, I'm a big fan of hint systems. It kind of was a little unfortunate that really wasn't one built in, even if it was like really small to keep most of the experience within the game and not like make it where you very clearly go ask the, the, the box for help yeah. you know, or something like that, or uh, insert horror creepy guy uh, yeah. for help. You know, I, I want to reiterate how so much how we did not need the hints. 
we were a bit of on, on a time crunch whenever we played this. And uh, we, we kept looking at the playtime for the game. And we were it's like, oh, it's going to be two to three hours. And we completed it in like an hour and a half. Yes. Um, and that's not a thing to the game is poorly made or like the, the puzzles were too easy or anything like that. Honestly, we were just good at the game. We were kind of goaded. Not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Uh, but I definitely see how that would be frustrating for other people if you spend your time looking around and exploring and you just can't make connections and you mm. just aren't seeing where the next step is and you don't really have too much of a opportunity to look for that because even if you did find a screenshot from the other player or looked at the other player's screen or something like that that might not necessarily help you in the way that you need yeah you might need like a very specific hint and and you start talking about it the other thing we had for the room for improvement um is it's short gameplay um we did complete the experience in about an hour and a half um most reviews i saw were in the like three hour range maybe a little bit more but none really went over like five hours and and that's not a bad thing this game does it really well for how much content there is um but yeah as hunter said there's some really good puzzles in there there's a few that have some more difficulty but i mean the game is not the most difficult experience in the world it's not like you're doing crazy ciphers or anything like that you know or doing like a puzzle hunt-esque thing it is more like it's all communication-based, which is what most co-op games are, right? It's kind of like, oh, I have a 3x3 grid with these things on it. Oh, Hunter, you have a 3x3 grid of something yeah. on it. Wow, maybe we should do this together. Crazy. Point um, A to point B. Yes, but it was, it was done really well. But, yeah, it's not really a bad thing that the timer's short. But if you're looking for a longer experience, this game really isn't that. Um, but for how much you pay, which I think was like $6 is its retail price right now, like an hour and a half, two hours of experience, and it is pretty solid. I'm not not too upset by that. I I absolutely had a blast for like the entire time. There was never yeah. a dull moment for that. And I'd also like to point out that for some people, the main point of this game might be the story. And mm -hmm. I think the story in this one was also it fit well within the time that we played. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like there was more we needed to solve. It was like it was a nice little bow at the end of the game where it was like, oh, okay, everything kind of ties together, and we know where we're going with this. Yes. Um, without, of course, spoiling too much of the story. Yeah. No, the the story was well done. Um, it does. It might very honestly, from my point of view, without spoiling too much, uh, I really like the story. And then the end, it kind of like threw me off a little bit, but it's because it had a bigger meaning to it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a very interesting, like it went from here to here. Yeah. Uh, it's like he watched almost, imagine watching like a, a, a family uh, Christmas movie. And it's about like the magic of Christmas. But the end they go, uh, you're actually all an enigma and you're all, like, you're all one being. And, and this is how a hive mind works, you know, like. And it's like you're in a cube and then like you're in a cube in a cube. And it's like a whole. <sighs> It's not bad. It's just a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. What movie is it? I saw a clip recently. There's a movie where the whole ending of the film is that you realize they are just... Oh, it's Men in Black. Okay. I don't know if you remember oh, Men in Black yeah. where you realize that you're all... Essentially, it goes from being a, a traditional Men in Black movie to where you realize that your universe is a small marble that big aliens play with. And I was like, that's such like... A, like the movie is... It's like watching... Like I said, some Disney movie, and in the end they go, "You're actually just a, a figment of someone else's <laughs> imagination." Essentially, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's like a crazy like jump in narrative, but cool." Yeah, no, it, it was cool, but we were both sitting there and we were like, 
what <laughs> we we I, I, it's definitely something that we're going to be thinking about for a little while of like where it's going to go next yeah just because it was it was really cool how it ended but it was just like so mind bendy yeah but i loved it i i thought it was really really fun to see the ending of that mm-hmm. i mean we we went to the to the rooms for improvement and we're talking about things we love again i mean <laughs> yeah no there wasn't much about this game the only last thing i'm going to talk about real quick before we go into the second section of the show is the i'm, I'm gonna call it who it's for now, um, if you are the most experienced puzzler, uh, this game will be quicker. Um, it will be a kind of quick experience. But also, if you're someone who is not a fan of horror or creepy, like, I'm going to call it demonic elements, mm-hmm. um, you might not like this game. And that's okay. Um, you don't have to like that kind of stuff. So um, kind of go into it knowing that there's a little bit more of a creepy element. They advertise it very well. That yeah. It's not meant to be like a very... there's. It's not jump scary, in my opinion. No. It's a little bit more just creepy um, vibe the entire time. But if you're okay with that, you should totally check this game out. Uh, I think Hunter and I would highly recommend this game. Um, but that's actually going to be the end of our first section. Um, we are actually going to be back with Puzzles to the People very soon. See you guys in a bit. Hey, everyone. Jared here. And if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that Zach and I love to test our skills as private investigators. We've had local police departments reach out to us. We've had federal agencies reach out to us. And we always seem to catch our bad guy. But one of our favorite companies to do that with is Unsolved Case Files. They have a really great product. Their game works through envelopes. Every time you solve part of the case, you open another envelope and you get to dig into even juicier and deeper details until you finally figure out what's going on. They have a great online input system for their answers. And of course, as we always talk about, a great hint system to complement it when you get stuck and you're looking for that extra nudge. Personally, we love these games because they tell great stories. The stories have great twists and the connections that you are making to solve the case lead to those super satisfying aha moments. Me personally, I like these games because they're what I call one-sitting games, which means they take about an hour to two hours, and you don't have to worry about a cliffhanger ruining it if you want to get all the way through it. You're getting an entire story, an entire game, every time you play Unsolved Case File games. Currently, there are eight of these games out there. You can find these games at unsolvedcasefiles.com. And just for being one of our listeners, you can get 15% off by using the code PUZZLE15, all one word, PUZZLE15 at unsolvedcasefiles.com. Well, welcome back to Puzzle Company. We are now here in the second section of the show that is Puzzles to the People. In this section... um, we could just get to talk about a topic that's related to the game. Uh, in the past, Jared used to berate me uh, with different, uh, just random questions or topics to talk about. Uh, Jared's smiling in the corner because he has entered and joined the room with us, to be honest. Um, but now I get to do that to Hunter. So I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited to be berated with questions. I love questions. Yes. So uh, the topic that actually I want to talk about today, Hunter, is about co-op non-multiplayer experiences. And what I mean by that is that obviously multiplayer and co-op kind of say the same thing. Um, but like in the experience we played today with the past within, uh, no internet was needed. This is one of the first games I've seen in a digital element that did not need internet to play the game. And so I kind of wanted to discuss like the topic as well um, in terms of it being in this medium versus digital versus video game. 
so on and so forth, and kind of see what you thought about it. So, Hunter, how'd you feel about the game not really needing internet and kind of discussing what you found advantages of that versus maybe the disadvantages of not having it being uh, internet like needed? Honestly, it was just incredible. Like I expected to have internet and I expected mm-hmm. a little bit of lag or something like that. But the fact that we can both play it like individually in that sense was incredible to play. And I was very surprised because a lot of these typically have to do with internet access things. Um, but I thought it was done very, very well with how everything was still connected. Like, as we've said before, like it still felt like we were in the same room playing or it still felt we were playing at the same time and we were affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I will say the limitations of that, there were some points in the game where I would activate something and, like I said, uh, fog or smoke or something would start activating. And then it's activating on my screen and it took like a, you a solid 30 seconds before you click the thing that activates it on your screen. Yeah. So there was a little bit of like human lag, not calling you like a slow computer or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> but but there was a little bit <laughs> there was a little bit of uh, like delay in events happening around us. Sure. Which did, it did discombobulate the experience a little bit but not to like a detrimental degree. Uh, that was just a side effect of doing it the way that they did. And I think it's still got a really good point across. No, I agree. There's definitely the quote unquote human lag as I had. Um, and, but I think it's good though. Like it, it's one of those things that you get to like truly feel the human experience of it. And it was fun being like, we had some funny moments where, uh, not spoiling too much about the puzzle, uh, but there was like a, a telescope puzzle that I was doing. And it was funny being like, I was explaining it to you and you're like, I was like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm looking at this. And I went, oh, I can like <laughs> totally not look at this thing right now because I'm just saying random crap just to say random crap. And I'm like, okay. And then I turn it like, oh, that's actually useful yep, now. Great. <laughs> um, or like you said, the the human lag of like you pressing one thing and I press it a little bit later. So like we're not technically in the same like exact timing of each other. But the nice part is that the part I would actually kind of disagree, but in a good way. Um, is that the game hides that so well. Oh, like, yeah. Because you're not multiplayer, it's not very clear. Like, you know, if we were playing We Were Here, like when Jared and I played that series, you know, if we're both across each other in the room and we can see each other and clearly I've turned on my thing and I see you in your room not turning on yours, <laughs> there's almost the like laughter that I can make fun of you because then I just see Jared and I go, haha, you haven't turned your switch on correctly yet, you know. But with yeah. it being like that, you almost can hide the shame that you're uh, a little bit slower than the <laughs> other person. But uh, it, it was just done so well, and I really liked how they, like, hid that element. So talking about those types of things, I actually want to talk about what you think some disadvantages that games like this have versus other ones. And I know you talked about the element of, like, human lag, but more, like, you know, what could you maybe miss out on versus, like, a game where there is a multiplayer uh, version where you can see each other and stuff like that? So... If you're sitting across from each other and you're playing some kind of game together, there is a certain, like, magic, I want to call it, where you guys are, like, actually involved in the story. Mm -hmm. So for the ones me and Matthew played, uh, the Isabella escape room in the box with the two stories and the time travelers thing. Sorry, I, I cannot remember the name for the life of me right now. Okay. Um, but when we were doing that and we were working together on that, it was like, you know, I'm playing the role of Isabella, like he's playing the role of Kira and, and that kind of thing. And we were super involved in like the whole arc and everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. But with something like this where it is um, like split and not really directly connected, there can be a little bit of disconnect there where, um, like you said, 
if you're laughing at Jared across the room for being slow, then that's that's a human experience, but that's not an experience that the game necessarily intended for you to have. Yeah. Which isn't bad. That's still hilarious, and I love to play games like that, but some people like to enjoy games for, like, the story and mm-hmm. the experience like they want to be a part of the the world inside and whenever they have that disconnect it feel like it takes them completely out of it so mm-hmm. for some people i'd say that that can be a little unfortunate yeah um just because they want to complete the story they want to be the hero they want to see everything happen and if they're laughing at their friend across the room then that takes them out and they're back in the real world laughing at the room yeah, and it's interesting that you kind of discuss that because one of the things I thought about in terms of, like, disadvantages of, like, the known internet, but also, like, you're working together, but you're really not in the same space. I think people really like the element of seeing your friend. Like, we had a lot of fun when I've played, like, the We Were Here. If you play It Takes Two, you know, and there are games like that where, you know, like, some of the enjoyment of the experience is that you do have that human element. And even though it might take away from the game in one part, but you're adding emotional and good memories on another element. So like, you know, if you're playing, we were here and you're going through the castle and like when Jared and I played that series, it was really fun to get those moments of like, Oh, who saves the, who saves the person who, who gets left behind who, uh, like when you're doing this jumpy puzzle and you watch the other person not get up the stairs correctly, like, you know, like it, we had, or watching someone do a maze and the other person's doing an eagle eye and they laugh as they kind of give you the wrong directions. Uh, Jared, um, <laughs> You know, but it was it was so fun to have those moments, and it, it makes you feel better in terms of like, oh, I'm in this space with them, and you're almost more immersed into the experience versus like when you're in this non uh, I'm gonna call it non multiplayer version or no internet needed version, and you like I know you're looking at something different than me, but you it's more on you to make the like immersion or the creative uh, atmosphere. Um, or static, or yeah, I'm gonna say a static atmosphere um, that you need to create it more yourself, and that's what a lot of at-home games do. Like uh, one of the games that we played last year, or it was a year before, we played Taco Tuesday, and in that game, uh, it's a co-op game where it's the same thing. There's no internet needed in terms of like between both players. You just get both different files that you're the CIA or the FBI um, trying to investigate the guacamole uh, <laughs> who stole the guacamole. Uh, but crazy guy, he's actually on our wall. I'm staring at him right now. <laughs> that monster. Um, but, like, in that experience, it felt really uh, good to have, like, that split experience and know that you have half and the other person has half, and it requires you to have their information. You can't just guess and check it. But you still had the, like, because you're doing a split experience in the real world and you guys are across the table from each other, you still feel each other there. Like, I know you're across the way from me. Like, how you talked about, like, I think it's Time Drifters with uh, Kira and Isabel's story, right? Like, you are both next to each other, so you had that enjoyment of, like, Oh, I know Matthew's right there working on it with me. I know he's right there and we can kind of work on it together. And if we need to like interact and with this game, you can do that. Like you could have two computers in the same room and we just do that. And I think that would feel more like I would call an at home experience. What that medium can do really well, which is having things on the same table and be able to interact and have teamwork elements, but know that like you're right there next to each other. So you can kind of like communicate on a better level outside of like being across the way. If you're on zoom or on discord, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, th- there's just a lot of really cool advantages and disadvantages. So um, talking about something that you brought up earlier, um, I thought it was interesting you were talking about like perspectives in this game. You know, for this type of game, um, you do get multiple perspectives. It's not just like you play in one version of the game and that's it. You, and you have to play the other version to see it. 
Um, in terms of how the game is designed with the 2D and 3D element, you get that either way. If you play in the past, you get to see a 2D version of the past, and then you get a 3D version of the past with a box. You know, and if you're in the future, you get to see a 2D ver or you start with a 3D version, mm -hmm. then you get to see the 2D version. And it was really cool that they did that. But then also there is a, like a replayability aspect. You can play the other version and see what it's like to start off in the future and have that element. But they also added the element of multiple. There's the, uh, I'm going to call it the bee and the butterfly yeah. choice. Where uh, we found out, and being very honest, it's kind of a spoiler, it's not, uh, but it's good to know for the game. Uh, it is just different answer outlet, like outputs. Yeah. It's not like a whole different game if you choose the bee or the butterfly. Um, but it was nice knowing that there's all those options and perspectives and choices in the game. Because sometimes when you play like a split experience like this, like if I bring back Taco Tuesday, you know you're playing as the FBI. Like that's your whole role. Like you play as that. Everything you do is in that world. You might still work with the other person to create more uh, three-dimensional or teamwork-based puzzles, but you're still limited to what you're provided. While this game gave you a lot of choices to decide how you wanted to play and you could go back and play it differently. And then there's all the achievements. Like if you're an achievement hunter, your name's yeah. Hunter. <laughs> wow. Uh, I also can, achievement hunt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could try to get like all the um, different trophies and stuff for playing it the different ways. And I really like that. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Whenever I found out that the bee and the butterfly thing was just different answers, I was a little disappointed. Sure. Um, yeah. I, but that was because I loved the game so much and I just wanted to play more of it and I wanted a whole nother experience and I want Rusty Lake to keep bumping out bangers like this. Mm -hmm. um, but afterwards, after sleeping on it, thinking about it, I just, I like what they did with it because, I mean, we're probably not going to do it just because of how busy we are, but we could easily just flip it around and then like I play the past, he plays the uh, future and then we do the B outline and then, you know, it's a different experience. We still yeah. have to solve every puzzle. We still get to go through everything that happens and uh, we see both rooms and like all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting and cool thing to add to a game like this. Yes. The fact that it's not replayable as in it's a different thing every time, you know what's coming, but it's more so like if you want to see what's on the other side, you can still play the game while seeing what's on the other side. Yeah, you you get four different versions of the game like if you think about it traditionally, it's uh past B or you know, you get two versions of each. So you have past like B and butterfly and you have future B and butterfly. And you can go play all four of those versions and you'd still have to like, like you said, you know what's coming because you know what the like style of puzzle is. But in each version, you do get a different answer and you did a different viewpoint. So it's a big kudos to them to create kind of this replayable experience with a co-op game like this where you need the other person. But um, I will say one of the disadvantages with a game like this, um, which might have been honestly a good room for improvement, um, but just kind of a good discussing point is that this really isn't a single player experience. Like you can't play this by yourself. Yeah. There's a way that you technically can. If you bought the game twice and you had different steams <laughs> and you played on different computers, there's a way to do it. There's actually a guide I saw in their community hub where it's someone trying to teach people how to play this game solo. Like there's a pot, like basically it gives you an idea of how to do the other half without having the other half. But it's still, I think they even updated it said it technically doesn't work anymore that way. So it's kind of disappointing in that front, and I think that's one of the disadvantages of a game like this is that you're very, it's clearly a two-player game. Like, you cannot play it without two. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, like, I mean, most games are pretty upfront about that. Like, this game is pretty clear. Like, this is a two-player experience that you need the other person. Like, you can't play it without them. Yeah, it's not, it's not like, the, the, the worst thing in the world that you can't play it by yourself. 
I mean, honestly, that just kind of promotes, you know, playing with friends and talking to people and that kind of thing. What if I don't have friends? Well, uh, I'm sorry, Zach. It's okay. (laughs) I don't know who you played with then. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) the the element that brings to the table is really, really cool because it just kind of ensures that it is played as intended. Sure. It makes it so difficult to just grind it out for achievements. Like, I was tempted to go back through and get the achievements, but I I was like, I would need Zach to be there the I whole mean, time. I mean, if you want to, we can go back and do it. Well, we may. But we'll just go speed run it so you can keep your achievements I, up. Yeah, we might be able to get it in like less than 10 minutes knowing everything. Honestly, we just go in and put in every answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I like that about the games. I, I, yeah. lo- I love how afterwards we could still go back through and just enjoy it in a different way. And But we still have to, you know, connect with each other in some way yeah. in order to do that. Oh, yeah. I think that is kind of an anchor that's kind of necessary for this kind of game. Yeah. Um, so kind of the last thing I want to talk about, um, and I brought this up a little bit earlier in terms of the different mediums that do this. I actually want you to discuss which medium you think does it best. So, um, and what I mean by that is like wh- what kind of medium does co-op better and kind of maybe you can talk about the advantages and disadvantages of each um, if you want to, but like in terms of like the at home space, like as an example, like the Taco Tuesday game that me and Jared played, like where you're given like two different files and you have information, but you kind of sit across the table from each other and work on it, you know, versus like a digital experience where it has like a, you know, you're on like a web browser and you have like things to touch in. So like um, if you did like telescope kind of stuff and you kind of have different spaces to interact with um, versus maybe a game like this where it's a full like video game where you're in two different spaces entirely. Um, what do you think? Who does the best, do you think? I think objectively, it's going to have to be like the at-home board games or the at-home files, that kind of thing. Because I love this one. I love it a lot. But there are, just in comparison, just some issues that the at-home board game does better. So, Mm -hmm. for example, one of the ones that I just realized is with this game, you have to buy two versions of the game. Yep. But with the board game, it typically it's all in one. Mm-hmm. So you buy the box, you get both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I really appreciate about those kinds of games is that afterwards you get to look at each other's notes, essentially. Mm, yeah. And uh, you you see all the props, and you even hang them up on the wall, as Jared and Zach have done. Um, but you just get to see everything afterwards, where it's like, oh, it's it's like looking at like the end credits, and it's a bunch of images of like what you guys did. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's really done better in at home sense whereas if i wanted to see exactly what you were looking at we'd have to go back and play the game and mm. then like it'd be a bit of a, a, a bit of a more hassle to do that which isn't bad i would still be willing to do it but it's more so it'd be easier with the notes and stuff just sprawled out and working together and though there is an argument to be had that there's less replayability in that sense because you've already seen everything and you can't really play back through as well in sure. the co-op board game puzzle box area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think objectively it's going to have to take the cake just because of how, you know, the post game experience is in that one compared to, you know, having to play the replay the game just to see. 
No, I agree. I think the at-home space has had clearly an advantage in terms of experience and time, right? Like, as time has gone on, you know, I mean, at-home space, I mean, there have been puzzle games and co-op, non-internet experiences Mm -hmm. in the tabletop world for hundreds of years. And when it comes to different puzzles that people can do, like, stuff like that, like, it's very normal for that to be, like, a normal case for people to play versus like a digital element in which digital element is very new when you think of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially this type of game where, I mean, being very honest, this is one of the only games I've ever played that did it this way with like the no internet needed, but used an online kind of element with the video game style. So it was really refreshing to see it d- done very well. Oh yeah. And it was really, I'm very excited to maybe see stuff like that more going into the future, but I agree that I think in terms of who's the king of that space, it's definitely at home. And I'm very excited to kind of see how each of them grow over time, especially, you know, because I feel like the interesting part with the internet is as internet and everything's gone on, everything's become more digitalized. But it almost felt refreshing to not be fully digitalized, if that makes sense. Like you have the digital, like the complements of the digital aspects, like you get the really cool aesthetic and creating this world and narrative and voice acting. Um, but you get the like the great things about at home, which is just needing each other's like company. There's no nothing else needed. You don't have to worry about something that you can't control like the internet. Yeah, and I can fully expect the video game medium to to trump the other one eventually. Mm. Just as uh, technology and stuff changes over time, I can I would not be surprised if that were to just get better someday. Um, I mean, no, I completely agree, Hunter. I'm very excited to see what kind of where everything goes going forward. Um, I'm more of a fan of at home, so I, I kind of want the at home king to still reign. It's there, they're the underdogs. Um, but it's we'll, we'll see who wins. True. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when the robots take over, we'll know very clearly oh, yeah, by that no. point. But I can't wait for them to play an at home puzzle mystery game. Yeah, me personally, play. I support them. <laughs> we love the robots. Please don't hate you us. You love them. Um, but that's actually going to wrap up this episode of Puzzling Company, um, Hunter. Thank you again for getting to play The Pass Within with me. Of course. Uh, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, if you're actually looking to support The Pass Within, you can buy this game on Steam. I think you could probably buy it in a few other places, but that's where we personally played it. Um, you can look up their information at the Rusty Lake. Um, they have all their different games there. If you want to support their other games and give them a try, Hunter sounded like you liked them a good bit or would recommend to see what they were like, the older ones. Oh, yeah. they uh, Kind of the same theme if you really like this game. And I'd also say uh, we have the uh, the Discord. We didn't use their Discord for this, yeah. Um, but there is that for if you're looking for people to play with and you want to experience this. Yeah, no, they do a lot. They provide a lot of different things so that you can enjoy this experience. And if you have been enjoying our experience, uh, that is Puzzling Company. There's a few different things you can do. Uh, you can go to our social medias, which is Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, look at you, Hunter, adding in Twitter. That's me. I don't like it. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's great. Um, if you want to follow us on any of those three, uh, we'd super appreciate it. You'll get updates on new episodes as well as kind of see some sneak peeks about things and new content going forward. Um, some other things you can do, you can go to wherever you listen to podcasts if that's uh, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. And if you want to leave us a five-star review, we'd super appreciate it. Um, and then the last thing you can do is that you can actually go to our Patreon. Um, on our Patreon, we have one tier now. Um, you can join our spoiler chat where we just talk about the game very openly. Um, we're actually about to record that very soon. Um, so if you're interested to hear what we fully thought about the game and kind of talking about very specific puzzles and things like that, um, join our Patreon. You'll be able to kind of see it very soon. But... Um, and trust me, those are really fun. I, I'm not even going to yeah. lie. I love doing the spoiler chats. 
uh, I just get to spitball whatever I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's nice getting to kind of like say what's on your mind without being limited from the, with the spoiler-free elements of our normal yeah. show. So, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to us. Um, we're excited to be back uh, in, what, 10 days uh, with our newest episode, which, being very honest, who knows who's going to be on it? <laughs> That's going to be the fun part for you guys to figure out. Could but be anything. Could be anything, but uh, for Hunter and Zach, this has been Puzzling Company. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling.